0: And I'll kick it off this morning by just asking a question. Have you had a moment or experience or maybe somebody you've encountered, a moment in your life that was just a, just a wow moment in your life? Maybe it was a place that you went Maybe that it was somebody that you met for the first time, it was somebody that was significant, maybe a celebrity, maybe somebody that you've always admired, that you encountered. It, it was a wow moment, or maybe it was a vacation you took and went to a certain place. It, it just took your breath away. I was thinking about wow moments in my life, even just going back to my childhood, things that when I think back on them, there were just moments that stood out for me. I remember as a kid, one of the moments that was a "Wow moment. I remember my dad took me to this national day of prayer it was a it was a prayer breakfast and that morning Bobby Bowden was the speaker longtime coach of the Florida State Seminoles I grew up a Seminoles fan and uh is are there any Seminoles fans in the room I, I just want to know who I need to pray for all right the, yeah three or four of you yeah and I'll never forget the wow moment I ran out of that room so quick I had a football in my hand and I had Bobby Bowden sign that football such a cool moment then I remember as a teenager you know I grew up uh, as a Cubs fan, you know, growing up, my generation, we didn't have the Rays. And you either had the Atlanta Braves on TBS or you had the Cubs on WGN. And I went for the Cubs. I knew all the players. And I ended up going to uh, high school with, at that time, was the coach's son, John Riggleman. And Jim Riggleman was the manager of the Cubs. And we took a family vacation one summer in Chicago. And I'll never forget the wow moment of walking into Wrigley Field, historic ballpark for the first time. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Maybe, maybe it's not an experience, but just when you think about the complexities of even, even our body, what a, what a wow moment we think about this is that the human heart, just consider this, beats 100,000 times a day. 2,000 gallons of blood are being pumped through our body that in our body, there's over 60,000 miles of veins. That's like, I mean, that's a wow right there. I know one of the biggest experiences, the wow moment for me, this really trumps them all, but, and especially with our first child, the biggest wow moment of my life was seeing Caden born. I mean, seeing him born and then getting the bill for it were the two biggest wow moments. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just wow, I didn't know it cost that much. I grew up in Clearwater, and we pretty routinely went to the beach for a sunset. I mean, there's something unbelievable about seeing and, and feeling the breeze in your face and the sun going down. But, but can I tell you this is that growing up close to the beach and seeing sunsets, there, there becomes a point where it's sadly those, those sunsets that were so amazing at first just become another sunset. It's kind of like, you know, when you take your family for the first time, there's something about walking in and seeing all the magic kingdom and there's the castle for the first time. About the hundredth time when your kids are crying, it's kind of like, well, there's the magic castle. Let's keep moving on. You know, it's just the the wonder, the awe. sometimes becomes mundane. And, And here's what's so amazing about Psalm 19 is that David has this moment where it's like he realizes the awesomeness of who God is. And instead of walking one more day in the mundane of life, he experiences the greatness of God. And I wonder today what it would look like if we just had another spiritual wow moment where we realized how awesome God is and what he wants to do in our life. It will change this perspective of our entire life. And that's what Psalm 19 does. So let's dive in together. Get your notes, grab them. He starts in verse one. He says this. He says, the heavens are telling the glory of God. They are a marvelous display of his craftsmanship. Day and night, they keep on telling about God. Without a a sound or word, silent in the skies, their message reaches out to all the world. The sun lives in the heavens where God placed it and moves out across the skies as radiant as the bridegroom going to his wedding or as joyous as an athlete looking forward to a race. The sun crosses the heavens from end to end and nothing can hide from its heat. I I love the way David writes and then he describes what he writes. He says this, he's seeing the sun come across the sky and he's saying, man, it's like the groom on his wedding day waiting in the room to go out. You know, I've officiated quite a few weddings and I I love in a rehearsal, man, a groom is so relaxed. Oh, it's gonna be fun, I'm not gonna cry, it's all gonna be good. A groom five minutes before he's walking out, he is a hot mess, man i mean, anxious, nervous. Like, listen, Wes, you're keeping it short and sweet, right? That's what he always asks me. Just keep it short and sweet. Let's get, I just want to get to the reception. Because there's all these nerves, anticipation. He says, it's like a runner waiting at the line, waiting to hear that shotgun go off, knowing that he's about to give it everything that he has. He said, that's what it's like to look in the sun and see it race across the sky every single day. He said, isn't it amazing about God? that his creation is sending a million different messages every single day, but it doesn't even say a word. I think sometimes, as I studied this this week, I realized, God God forgive me, because I missed out on how your beauty speaks about your awesomeness. And, And I think it's amazing that we're sharing this message together on this day because it's finally fall in Florida. Can somebody say amen? You know, I mean, thank you, Jesus. But there is something about walking outside today and saying, this is why I've endured the entire summer for November 3rd. If, if finally got here, it's, it's made it all worth it. I didn't know it ever was going to come, but it made it all worth it. There was something intoxicating about walking out and breathing that air in and realizing that the God of the heavens and earth that, that brought fresh air to creation today and to Florida today wants to bring fresh air to my empty heart. wants to breathe life into my spirit. He goes on. He moves on from creation. He says in verse 8, God's laws are perfect. They protect us. They make us wise and give us joy and light. He says God's laws are pure, eternal, just. They're more desirable than gold. They are sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. He says, for they warn us away from harm and give success to those who obey them. I love the way I don't know, man. I just get caught up in this. He says, it's sweeter than honey from a honeycomb. The way I would have put it if I was writing, you know, David wrote it, though. I said, I I would have wrote, you know, chocolate from the fondue fountain at the melting pot restaurant. You know, you just dip everything in that. He says, your word, it brings a sweetness. It brings life. It brings joy to my spirit. He talks about creation, he talks about his word, look what happens, then he transitions. he goes internal, he says in verse 12, but how can I ever know what sins are lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults and keep me from deliberate wrongs. Help me to stop doing them. Only then can I be free of guilt and innocent of some great crime. Notice what happens, everybody. He goes from talking about the greatness of creation to the power of God's word, to realizing the error in his heart. He, he goes inward. That's the response to a holy God. And he finishes with words that are so powerful. Maybe you've heard these before. But Psalm 19, verse 14, is such a great scripture to memorize. He says this, May my spoken words and unspoken thoughts be pleasing even to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer way I mem- memorized it was, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. He, his response is, is, God, take all of me, take my mouth, take my words. What, what I notice in this psalm, if we break down these 14 verses, is there's three circles, there's three arenas that, that David writes about. He starts, he starts wide and he talks about the first circle, which is God's creation, God's creation. And I think that when we We think about creation. We look at creation. There is something about it that takes our breath away, that reminds us how big and how great God is. This happened for me this summer. We had an opportunity. A family that used to go to Bay Chapel lives out in Colorado, and they invited us out, and we went out for several days. I've never been out west until then, and we had the best time in all the world, man, just seeing the different sights and feeling what dry, cool air is like. And I remember while we were there in Denver, we went a couple days and we drove into Breckenridge, 5,000 additional feet higher. And while we were there in Breckenridge, they said, We got to go up the ski lift. And I remember, man, I tell you what, I get nervous like on the second rung of a six foot ladder. And I'll never forget going up that ski lift as my little boys just mocked me and laughed at me as I was nervous going up that thing. And I'll never forget when we got to that top and got off that ski lift. And looked out, there was an unbelievable sense of awe and wonder at how awesome God is. I mean, I just sat there and and I had my boys right next to me, and it was like, guys, I was I was trying to help them understand how awesome it was. I was like, I don't think you can get it. Like, God is amazing. And and, and we're just captivated by the beauty and awesomeness of his creation. You know, all, all of the world speaks to how big God is. Let me illustrate it for you. You know, when you look at the Mona Lisa or when you look at the the painting of the Last Supper, it speaks to the greatness and genius of, of a man named Leonardo da Vinci. When you hear a song like Ode to Joy or For Elise, it speaks to the creative genius of a guy named Beethoven. All of creation is the same exact way. It speaks to how awesome God is. Just think about this for a second, everybody. The Earth spins and rotates at just the right speed to allow sun to come in your window every single day. We're, we are sitting still and standing still right now in a room, on a rock that is spinning a1,000 miles per hour. Think about it for a second. Not only is it spinning 1,000 miles per hour, but it is orbiting the sun right now. We are still, and it is orbiting the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. I don't think that that just happens. You know, it's not happenstance. Like, th- that speaks to an amazing God who designed and created the world into being. And here's the deal. If God can hold the world, God can hold my worries too. If God can hold the universe in place, if God can speak and it breathe forth life, let me tell you, God can speak to my heart and he can bring healing to my situation. God is so much bigger than what I'm going through. And here's the great thing about God is he's so big, yet he knows about every detail of my life. He says, God, I trust you because I see you speaking through creation. The second area, the second circle is God. Number one is God's creation, but the second area is God's word. God's word, God's God's laws are perfect, Psalm 19.8 says. They protect us, they make us wise and give us joy. The Bible is so foundational to our life. It tells us, it doesn't tell us always what we want to hear, but it tells us what we need to hear. It tells us the truth. That's why we say so often, we live by faith, not by feelings. Because my feelings are fickle and my feelings take me down a bad path. But when I live my life according to your word, I experience all that God has for me. This week, my boy said, hey, Dad, is there any way we could watch The Karate Kid? So we did. But we went back and we watched the original Karate Kid. And while I watching it, you know, I'm writing because everything is a sermon illustration. And I love the point in the movie where where Mr. Miyagi is first beginning to develop and instruct Daniel's son. And they had this conversation. If you remember, they make this pact or they make this agreement at the beginning of of what it's gonna look like in their relationship. And and Mr. Miyagi, he says says to Daniel, he says, I promise to teach you karate. I say, you do, I say, you do, you understand? And I love what happens next because old Daniel, he reaches out his hand as if they're gonna make an agreement. And Mr. Miyagi reaches down and he grabs a sponge and he puts it in that hand. He says, go wash the car, right? I say, and and he looks at him, he said, what do you mean wash the car? He said, and when you're done washing the car, wax on, wax off, right? You know what I'm saying? I say, you do. Can I tell you, that's the way God's word is in our life. He says, and we do, because he knows what's best. And so while I don't always feel it, and while it doesn't always, it, it doesn't seem like it's the best thing, God's word is the best plan for my life. Can somebody say amen? God's laws are perfect. The middle, it's God's word. The inner circle, though, as he moves towards the end of the chapter, and I want to stay here for a few minutes, he talks about our heart. He talks about our heart. The, the truth is that when we decide to move closer to Jesus, it, it begins to expose us. It reveals every sick area in our heart. I think sometimes that's why we, we put a wall up to the spirit of God in our life. is because we know That when we open our heart up to God, he's going to start doing some investigation. And and, and it's painful. He says this, and I I love what Solomon writes in in Proverbs 4. He says this, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows through it. Guard your heart. The the heart, everybody, it's like the command center of our entire life. Our our heart... I think a way to illustrate or describe it, it's like the engine of our life. So I was thinking about this idea. I heard a story. It was about a month ago. There's a, a Tampa man named Dr. Daniel Greenwald. I had never heard of this guy before. It was a tragic story. He was in Kokomo, Indiana. It was October 5th, just a month ago here. And uh A pilot. It was a hobby, but it was something he he trained uh, other people in flying and they were getting ready to take off, but he was in the refueling process and the mechanic or whoever was there that day that was fueling the plane. Actually, there's an investigation right out about the story and who knows what will be the ultimate outcome. But there was an exchange with the mechanic where the mechanic asked him if he wanted to have jet fuel in his plane. Well, that plane is only a a twin-engine little prop plane. It's not designed for jet fuel. And as the story goes, the doctor said yes multiple times to receiving that type of fuel. Unfortunately, that plane can't handle and can't fly with that fuel. He got in the air for just a little while and one engine died. And the second, closely behind it, the plane crashed. And because Dr. Grinwald the wrong fuel in the engine, Dr. Dr. Greenwald crashed and died that day because he let somebody put the wrong fuel in his engine. What are you saying Wes? There is a world around us that is trying to fill up our engine with stuff that's causing us to crash and burn every single day and I get the choice of who I let fill up my engine, I, I, I make the decision. I make the decision what music I'm going to let in my spirit. I make the decision what movies I'm allow my eyes to see. I make the decision what internet sites I'm allow my eyes to go to. I make the decision where I'm going to take my family and what I'm going to let my boys be exposed to and my wife exposed to. Every day the world is trying to fill us up with stuff. And I think that's the reason that marriages crash and burn. I think it's the reason that our emotions crash and burn, our feelings, the things in our life that we feel give us temporary highs but ultimately lead to emptiness in our life. Why? Because we're filling up our lives with things that don't bring true joy and peace in our life. Can I ask you today? As you just get inward for a minute, what are you filling your life up with? What are you filling your life up with? Maybe it's the the type of food we're eating, stuff we're drinking, the entertainment we're letting in our life. Man, so goes our heart, so goes our destiny. Because our destiny is attached to the way and the things we allow to get into our heart. And so our response, I just want to give us three things. We allow God to speak to us and create an environment for God to speak to us. Number one, we got to do this. We have to purify our hearts. We have to purify our hearts. Psalm 19, David says this, but how can I ever know what sins are lurking in my heart? And I love love this next line. Look with me. He says, cleanse me from these hidden faults. It's It's almost like David is saying, cleanse me from the things I know about. And cleanse me from the things that I don't know about, too. Just a couple nights ago, the boys and I were, were in the house and we were throwing a football. Jen is out of town right now, so the rules are a little different in our house, everybody. And it's all right. Well, she doesn't know, it won't hurt her, we're good, everything is fine. But I made a terrible pass in the house. The ball went off this lampshade, and when it hit the lampshade, it fell onto some of the fall decorations. And I'll never forget the the reaction. Ben, Ben, when he saw that ball hit the decorations, he's like, he he knew we were all in trouble. Like, if mom finds out, let's cover this thing up. I wasn't so worried about the decorations. I was worried about something else. Because when the ball hit that lampshade, all I saw was dust go everywhere in our house. I'm like, how is that possible? (laughs) I'm a clean person. I would never let our house get this way. I, ben was worried about the decorations. But, you know, Ben, we're fine. Those are, we can replace those. What is the deal with all that dust? And as I thought about that, I think that's the way our lives go. Because, man, I do my best to clean up, clean up everything. But there's certain things that are out of sight, out of mind. Like the top of the ceiling fan. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't clean the top of the ceiling fan. That's just your DNA. It's going to hang up there for years. It's fine. And I think there's spiritual areas of our life, everybody. There's, there's some areas we're see, where we see. But David says this, God, would you purify the areas of my life that I don't even know about? The words that I've, you know what? I, I've just been talking like that, and I've been using those cuss words for so long. They're just a part of my vocabulary. I can love Jesus and talk like that. You know, I've been using those those rude comments and just looking at improper things for so long that I've just learned to love Jesus and live like that. And David's saying this, God, would you expose the areas of my life that I don't even know about that are hidden from me, purify me? Number two, got to repent of my sin. i got to come clean with God. Paul writes this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. The question I have for you today is, is what area of your life do you need to come clean with God? What what, what area do you just need to say, Jesus, I, I give you this? I've been living a double life for too long and I'm unstable and I need you desperately to heal me, to forgive me. God, I I repent, I come clean, I make a break. I'm doing a 180 today, Jesus. And number three, renew my mind, purify my heart. I repent of my sin and renew my mind. I love David as he gets to the end of this chapter. He says, it's almost like he has this prayer with God in verse 14. As he looks out and sees God in creation, he sees, sees God speak through his word. As God begins to speak to his heart, he says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He says, God, I want everything about my life to please and honor you i want you to be glorified in every area of my life one last thought as we wrap this series up say how do how do you hear the voice of god god's voice is clearest in a prepared environment in a prepared environment it's what we would do every night as kids when mom said dinner's ready when you heard dinner's ready that was your cue to go set the table, to go prepare the environment for what she had cooked. Get the forks, get the knives, get the napkins, get the drinks, make sure everything is ready, prepare the environment. God speaks best in a prepared environment. My prayer is today, God, purify my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I repent, I come clean, and God renew my mind, make me more like you in Jesus' name. If you believe it, would you say amen? Amen. Why don't you just bow your heads as we close this morning.